Well, hello, everyone. We have a very exciting podcast today. Uh, we're here today with Congressman Chip Roy from Texas. And before we get into questions, I'd like to introduce the congressman. I think most of you know him, but for those of you who don't, uh, Congressman Roy represents the 21st District of Texas, which is just north of San Antonio. And he has been serving in the House since 2019 and has quickly become one of the most vocal and important voices for border security and meaningful immigration policy. So we're thrilled to be here today. And uh, so one other thing I want to tell our audience a little bit more is earlier this year you introduced a very important bill. It was H.R. 29. Yeah. And that bill did a couple of very important things. First, it gave the Department of Homeland Security the authority mm -hmm. to turn back illegal migrants if they feel it's necessary to maintain operational control of the border. And the second thing it did, and almost more importantly, was that it mandates that Homeland Security use that authority if they can't detain all the illegal migrants. Right. So it was a very important bill, and we all know that um, that Remain in Mexico was very successful, and this bill, you know, sort of was a takeoff on the Remain in Mexico policy. It was also incorporated into HR two, which is the biggest immigration enforcement bill that's passed Congress in years, maybe decades. And so this bill was incorporated into that, and HR two passed off the floor in May. So the congressman is a champion, and we're so thrilled to be here today. But thank you for joining us. Well, it's great to be with you. And look, obviously, you and I have known each other a long time. Uh, FAIR is an exceptional organization. We've been working together. I mean, gosh, I mean, you know, I served on the Senate Judiciary Committee as a lawyer, um, you know, back with Senator Cornyn. I was Senator Cruz's chief of staff. Uh, I have lived through numerous attempts at uh, failed immigration reforms that were always dubbed as, you know, comprehensive, which basically were mean, uh, you know, that uh, the, the, the uh, expansion of open borders wins and the American people lose, right? Because it was going to be massive amnesty with limited border security virtually every time it was tried, whether it was 2006, 2007, during the Bush years, where we were dealing with it in 2012 with the Gang of Eight, 2013, yeah. I guess 2013 with the Gang of Eight. Uh, and then again, uh, as things were being debated when President Trump was in office in the summer of 2018, when I was a candidate, when they had what was called Good Lat 1 and Good Lat 2, and there were some bad decisions being made there about amnesty. My point being, uh, FAIR has been at the center of that fight. I've been, frankly, at the center of these fights for a long time. And what we were able to do last year in moving H.R. 2 with, as you point out, H.R. 29, which was our approach, a simple, uh, very pointed approach, uh, being incorporated into H.R. 2 in a more um, holistic approach to border security without anything involving future flow and anything involving amnesty, uh, we, we, for the first time, broke the back of this false notion in this town that you have to have this monster bill mm -hmm. with immigration reform and, and uh, amnesty in it, mm -hmm. and that instead we should focus on reforming our border, making the policies uh, be put in place, the tools necessary for an administration like a Trump administration to secure the border, but then importantly, find ways to force the hand of a recalcitrant administration like Biden. So happy to do it. Uh, we got a long ways to go, though, to actually get it implemented. We do. And, you know, to your point on uh, the history of Congress and this issue and how they try to throw everything into mm -hmm. one massive bill, when what we need are some really targeted policy solutions like the one you offered and H.R. 2 really has put those together, asylum reform, parole, eliminate the abuse of parole, eliminate catch and release, um, it addresses UACs, uh, unaccompanied minors, it addresses all sorts of things, and that's really important legislation. And I I'm gonna get back to that. Sure. But tell me, 
from Texas, I mean, Texas at, is at the front lines of this. Right. And you all, are, you know, it used to be back in the old days when, when we worked together, uh, California, Arizona was at the center mm -hmm. of everything, and now it's Texas, and yeah. it's crazy, and it's, it's unsustainable. How is, how is Texas faring? How is your district faring? How is this crisis impacting your district? Yeah, I mean, we could do an entire podcast on this <laughs> subject alone, and I will say... Um, uh, to give some credit and, and respectfully to my friends and colleagues from Arizona, they're actually taking, still taking it on the chin pretty badly, as you know, right? Uh, just you know, with the numbers that we saw in Tucson the last week have been astounding. Uh, it's just devastating levels of numbers coming into Arizona. But Texas is just continuing to take it on the chin, right? And this all, you know, kind of raised up again in September. You know, we're sitting here now um, in, in the December timeframe heading into Christmas. And, um, you know, it elevated and it was all over the news, right? Because it was so bad, the numbers. Well, the numbers are basically still the same, but they're still not on the front of the news, right? Because you've got what's going on in Israel, you've got end-of-the-year spending issues, and all these things that are taking precedent. To answer your question, Texas remains under siege every single day. We have uh, DPS and Texas authorities that are having to do the best they can to control the chaos, move numbers, ship some people out of Texas, try to do the job of securing ranches and communities in South Texas. I get emails and updates every day, text messages from ranchers, from local law enforcement, from border patrol people about you know fences getting taken out, bailouts, livestock getting out, people dying from fentanyl poisonings. You know, I had a roundtable in August with moms and dads who lost their kids to fentanyl poisonings. Um, we lost six kids in the school district where I reside in Hayes County, southwest of Austin, just last year. Um, we have just uh, spent an extraordinary amount out of our Texas budget to do the job yeah. of the federal government. Um, I was talking to the Texas Speaker of the House this last weekend um, on Friday, and he said, look, we're at like $12.5 billion. And they're going to get us that information. We're going to fight to try to get Texas paid back. But look, we're getting hammered. And I, look, I, I want to be very blunt. This is an existential crisis. The people of Texas would be well in their rights to tell the federal government to pound sand and to take it on themselves to secure the border and to tell the federal government, you know, we're not going to remit taxes. Oh, I mean, we're at that level of, yeah. you know, break the republic down if we're not going to do our damn job and secure the border. Yeah. The, if I were governor of Texas, I'd be sticking my middle finger up at the federal government and saying, you come enforce the laws here. I'm taking matters in my own hands and we're going to stop this crap. And I think Governor Abbott has done a good job pushing back and getting DPS holding the line. But Texas is going to have to go further if this federal government continues to fail. And my final message is to my fellow Republicans. Talk is cheap. Passing good bills out of the House, which we'll talk more about in a minute, that's all fine. But if we don't use leverage to get it implemented, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's like just a tree falling in the forest. Yeah. And I've got colleagues looking at me going, Chip, why would you go to the House floor and say something terrible like, quote, Republicans have not delivered anything? Because uh, I gave a speech two weeks ago saying, mm -hmm. name one thing that Republicans have accomplished. And they go, you can't say that. They're running ads against us. Well, I'll tell you what. You know the best way to fix that? Do something. Yeah. And how many times over the years have we see, you know, members will throw in bills. Maybe they know that it's not even going to get a hearing or they get it to the floor. Right. But you have to be willing to fight to get the result. Correct. Not just put it on paper. Like lay it all out on the line, yeah. right? It's like, ooh, I introduced a bill. Yeah. What, do you want a cookie? So what? Like a monkey can introduce <laughs> yeah. a bill. It's crazy. People like pat themselves on the back for, I got a bill. I got a hearing. We passed it out of committee. Yeah, yeah guess what? There's 7,000 bills introduced right now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make any difference. It only matters if we're going to leverage our power as the majority 
We run the House of Representatives, Republican majority, and we tell Chuck Schumer and the president, you are not going to move a single dollar, not one dollar for Ukraine, mm -hmm. until H.R. 2 is signed mm -hmm. and the flow has stopped. That, now that would get their attention. Yeah. And you know what? If they're unwilling to do it, then I guess things aren't so bad in Ukraine. If they think that, that, that that's what they ought to do, and, and I know I'm jumping ahead to the strategy, but yeah, that's, that's where we there. are. Yeah. Let's get in there. So yeah. we, um, uh, we were saying earlier that your bill got incorporated into HR2. Mm -hmm. We were trying to get that. You, we, really, you were leading the fight, but FAIR was arguing and out there fighting to get HR2 attached to that continuing resolution. Mm -hmm. And just for our listeners, the continuing resolution is what, you know, it continues to fund the government sure. for a certain period of time. And then right before Thanksgiving, it passed without any HR2 without any immigration whatsoever. So that, that was a big disappointment. Sure. But now foreign aid is up coming up before Congress. And that's the Ukraine package you were talking about. The president has requested um, emergency funding for Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan, mm -hmm. and the border. Right. But that, the border request is just to fund the status quo. It's, to pro it's process and release, process and release. Get ready, New York, because if we fund this, you know, all the, you know, people are coming your way. They're coming to Chicago, and they're going to come through Texas on their way. 100%. Uh, so foreign aid right now, Schumer says he wants to take up this package as early as next week. Yep. How is the House going to handle this? How are we going to get immigration? What are our chances for getting HR2 on this foreign aid package? So taking things in a little bit of, of series, right? So we pass mm HR -hmm. 2 in the spring. Yep. Um, it is a fundamental uh, uh, overhaul of, of our laws with respect to how we handle asylum, mm -hmm. how we handle parole. Mm -hmm. uh, these, for your listeners and their smart audience, they know these issues. They wouldn't be you know, uh, listening right now. But, got the best. But, but the bottom line is, right, we, asylum is, is supposed to be a very kind of rare circumstance mm -hmm. for actual persecution for your religious beliefs, your political beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, parole is supposed to be on a limited case-by-case -case basis, um, and that's not how it's being used. The administration are using those things to be the exceptions that swallow the rule of border yeah. security. That's what's happening. Um, our legislation would tighten those definitions, and importantly to your point about incorporating H.R. 29, it would take the best of what the Trump world was doing at the end of his presidency, mm -hmm which was using Title 42 authority under the pandemic as turnaway authority. Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately, it was only in the context of the pandemic. Yeah. So we need authority to give the DHS secretary authority and in fact require the use of that turnaway authority mm -hmm. combined with the use of, of migrant protection protocols, which is returned to Mexico, mm -hmm. to basically say to people, here's how this is going to work. You're going to be detained while your claim is being adjudicated, if you're claiming asylum, or you are going to be put in expedited removal or you're going to be waiting in Mexico. Mm -hmm. That's what our legislation essentially says. And we tighten all the definitions down. We fix these catch and release provisions that yeah. the judges have created. We fix the problems with unaccompanied children where there's a magnet for non-Mexican and non-Canadian children yeah. to be released into the United States, which causes more to come. We change that and we say we're going to return you to your families. These are all common sense proposals in line with our existing laws that Democrats have supported in the past. So HR2 is not controversial. HR2 is actually a restoration of the purpose and the intent of our existing law. We should take that and we should shove it down the throats of the Democrats and say, you're going to sign this bill into law. Um, there's nothing controversial in it. Unfortunately, some of my Republican colleagues would like to be negotiating this away already. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're pushing back on and saying, no, no, you're not going to do that. To your point, I don't believe we should be funding the government and DHS until we force them to secure the border. Mm -hmm. 
But we have a CR that kicked this until basically February 2nd. So our position now is, yes, when we get there, if we haven't secured the border, we'll use that leverage point again. Mm -hmm. But right now, the Democrats and President Biden want Ukraine funding pretty much more than anything. Which, by the way, tells you their priorities when Americans are suffering from inflation, higher costs, open borders, you know, high health care costs, all these things that are affecting Americans. But that's their priority. So my view is pretty simple. Don't even talk about Ukraine. Literally. This is my, my message to Speaker Johnson, Republicans. Don't even think about putting Ukraine on the floor of the House until President Biden has signed H.R. 2 and actual metrics are in place stopping the flow. Um, that's our position. I think Speaker Johnson wants to... Uh, fulfill uh, the pledge of keeping Israel separated, having a separate debate on Ukraine when it's time. It's not time unless the border's secure. Um, and hold to that. And so that, look, our success is going to be made or broken on our willingness to uh, negotiate on those terms. Mm -hmm. But it's a win-win, right? I mean, that's my, my, my message here is that, look, most Americans I represent aren't all that interested in sending more money to Ukraine. If there are some limited purpose things we need to do to have actual asset money in there for lethal aid, mm -hmm. to push back on Putin, fine, but secure our border first. So that's our position and we're gonna keep pushing it. Well, that's fantastic. And you know, to get, but to get HR enacted, we're obviously, I'm gonna move over to the Senate now. We need the Senate to do something. So right. how, do we, how do we get the Senate to act on HR2 and to, you know, there are a lot of dynamics in the Senate. And, and so far, I'm hearing positive things from McConnell, but there are a lot of people out there who's saying, you know, oh, it's just a lost cause. It's just a lost cause. And I refuse to believe that. No, the only thing that's ever a lost cause are the causes that you fail to fight for. Yeah. And that's basically uh, what Republicans do best is bluster about the things that they say they're going to do and then walk away from the fight when it matters. Um, I don't give a crap about being in Congress. I don't give a crap about having to not be here at Thanksgiving or Christmas. I don't give a crap about anything they can do to me when my constituents and the people that I represent in Texas are taking it on the chin every single day, mm -hmm. when migrants are dying, when little girls are getting sold in the sex trafficking trade, when, when parents are losing loved ones to fentanyl, when the cartels are getting empowered, when China is getting empowered, and we're sitting on our hands yeah. and we're talking about Ukraine and we're talking about you know, spending more money for big uh, bloated government programs and critical race theory and diversity, equity, inclusion, and funding transgender surgeries in the Department of Defense? Are you out of your friggin' mind? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we're doing. The American people are, they're over it. And so you ask, well, what do we do with Democrats? It's very simple. You go negotiate. Like, I, I, would, I would walk into the, the lunch with the, with the Democrats and walk into the meeting over there and say, guys, let me be perfectly clear. Ukraine, dead. Done. We're not doing it. You sign HR2 or don't come talk to me. Then what are they going to do? Right? They either do it or they don't. Mm -hmm. And now look, that may or may not result in what you and I want with HR2 on it, but it'll sure as hell kill Ukraine funding. And a bunch of our constituents don't want that either. So if they want to get Ukraine funding, come to the table after you've signed HR2 into law. Um, and then separately, when it comes to funding the government, I mean, I wouldn't be funding and voting for a DHS that's flouting the laws. Yeah. Alejandro Mayorkas was down at the border yesterday and he wouldn't even apologize to the agents he yes. lied about saying they whipped Haitians. Yes. Why are we giving him money? It's crazy. I know. It is. It is. And the, the whole notion that we would be funding more of the same right now. Right. When we've had more under the last three years under the Biden administration, we've had more illegal migrants cross into the U.S. than all four years of Trump. And we've had, is the population of New York City, I mean, roughly speaking, we're over 8 million now. It's and that doesn't even count the gotaways. So 
you know, the border is on fire. And it's almost like it's still on fire. Yeah. I mean, the numbers I haven't seen the numbers yet for November because yeah. you know today's the last day of November. Yeah. But October, I mean, we were still at somewhere around two hundred thousand. I think it was just, yeah. and and uh, which which by the way is 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 more than and then many of the counties that I represent, yeah. right? Like Comal County is yeah. a big suburb of San Antonio. That's a number that's vastly larger than the population of that county. Um, and uh, you know, we've 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 allowed. The number of people that have come in, the the, the Godaways alone, right, yeah. which are like 1.789 million, depending yep. on how you count, that's far greater than the entire population of San Antonio. I mean, think about that. It's the seventh largest city in the country. That's nuts. And and we're sitting there and we've done that. And these are people that if you're a Godaway, keep in mind the Biden administration's message to the world is come to the United States, find a border patrol agent, mm-hmm. claim asylum, and we will release you. If you're running away. You're a problem, yeah. right? Because we're letting anybody in, right? And so, so these people that are the gotaways are the ones that are hiding. They're the ones. Look, I had a video showed to me by a Texas state rep this last week uh, of a ranch because they were down there hunting over Thanksgiving weekend. And they took video, live video, of single adult males running away from law enforcement across their ranch. Unbelievable. Do you think these are good actors? Mm-hmm. Do you think these are people who want to help America? Mm-hmm. Or do you think they want to do us harm? And I think we know the truth when we've seen the vast number of numbers associated with terror-supporting countries, whether they're uh, in the Middle East or whether they're, frankly, in you know, Colombia and you know FARC and, and, and some really bad actors. Yeah. Well, what gets me in, to go on that point is that the Biden administration repeatedly says it wants a safe, orderly, and humane system of immigration. And this is what it's you know, accomplishing. And I, I don't know what is safe or orderly or humane about anything. And the... the Frustration I have is the chaos that's created. You know, somehow I feel like people who um, support open borders think that there aren't any victims to illegal immigration. Well, Americans are suffering every single day from the, these impacts, but the chaos on the border, the lawlessness that goes on, the criminality, it's, it's unbelievable, and it's at historic proportions. Yeah, well, I mean, I would be even uh, more blunt, and that is to say it is purposeful. Uh, they are trying to remake America. They don't believe in sovereignty. They don't believe in uh, American exceptionalism or our right to exist as a country with borders that are secured. Rather, they believe in a sort of world order, if you will. They're totally fine bow down, bowing down to the altar of the United Nations and all of these crazy leftist groups that are going around the world trying to tell America how to live. And they want open borders. That's what they want. They don't, it's, oh, we want a you know, system that's orderly, whatever. That's total garbage. Um, or, or maybe it's true, but their orderly system is come on in. Yeah. Like their orderly system is basically automatic entry. It's a free-for-all. And, you know, and we had to start talking about it in those terms, right? So, oh, well, we catch and release and we, you know, we've, we've encountered all of these people. No, you literally have a system now that is automatic entry. You come to the United States, you get released into the United States. Yeah. We are turning away fractions of the people who are coming to our border. Yeah. Well, tell me... Um, People who are listening today are wonderful, yeah. our members and our listeners, and hopefully some new people who are joining us today. How can they make a difference? Because things are going to start moving in Congress quickly. Sure. And, you know, hopefully there's an opportunity next week to move meaningful border policy changes to get H.R. 2 on the floor of the House, the Senate. How can Americans, how can they make a difference? Yeah, well, I mean, light your members on fire. I mean, I mean, call, call, oh. into, call into the office. Uh, melt the phones down, say that you demand border security, and by border security you mean specifically 
that HR2 is signed into law and that we see metrics that show that the numbers have plummeted down to effectively zero releases. That's what a secure border actually is. Demand it, be specific about it, and tell Republicans you plan to hold them accountable if they don't do it. Right? I don't want any more excuses. Demand no excuses. Tell Republicans you're tired of lip service. Tell Republicans you're tired of the excuses that, well, we don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. You know what? We've had the Senate and the White House, and we still didn't deliver. Mm -hmm. The fact is it takes willpower to deliver. It takes using leverage points that you have. And the American people listening to this, I can only encourage you, go to town halls, ask your members of Congress, what can they say about what they're going to specifically do to ensure HR2 is signed into law and the flow stops so that their communities are safe with no excuses? It should be an unacceptable answer. Well, we don't hold the Senate. Yeah. Right? Because guess what will happen when we get the majority? What's the first thing they say if we have the majority of the House and the Senate? Chip, we don't have 60 in the Senate. You've been there. <laughs> You're right. You've heard that yes, same excuse. I have. So you know what? I'm tired of it. End the excuses. Right? We're here to lead. The guys and gals that, that, that have defended this country over the years, the men that were sitting in the foxholes in Bastogne and Christmas in 1944, the men that stand, stood on the Alamo wall um, uh, in, in what is now downtown San Antonio, um, they weren't there for excuses. They knew damn well what was coming their way, mm -hmm. which was almost certain death. Yeah. But they did it anyway. And we got politicians who are afraid of a mean tweet who are complaining that Chip Roy's floor speech said Republicans haven't delivered, and oh, they're going to run those ads against me. Cry me a river, yeah. right? Go take the ads away by doing something that you can go campaign on. Your constituents should demand of members of Congress, me included, if you're in Texas 21, let me know. But this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, well, and that's great. We need all Americans to take action, and now is the time. I mean, action on the floor of the Senate will probably come next week, and we'll see about the House. We'll see what they do. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, before we wrap up here, sure. what, what would be your last final message, you know, to your constituents, to Americans across the country about immigration? What would you want, what do you want them to know right now? Well, number one, we can do this. Yeah, we um, can. We are in the position right now better than we've ever been before. We mm -hmm. have never had legislation passed, and I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, both to Kevin McCarthy, mm -hmm. to Jim Jordan, to uh, Mark Green and Homeland Security, mm -hmm. to uh, my friends and colleagues that worked on this legislation. Um, we, we broke this. They've ne we've never done it before. And so let's take that win and let's go deliver it, right? If that's a political win. That's mm -hmm. a House win. We need to go deliver it for the American people. So for me, for everybody out there, don't lose heart, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we, we've got to stay engaged. This is our country. We need to defend it. Uh, we need to force this Congress to deliver. This is the time to be engaged. Mm -hmm. This is the moment because this is our country. It's being taken from us. And our job for our kids and our grandkids is to stand on that wall and deliver. So we get our strength from the American people. So stay engaged out there. Be like Riley Gaines taking on the transgenderism. Go be like Chloe Cole who took on the, you know, the forced transition surgeries, who stood here and testified. Or Scott Smith in Loudoun County told the school board to pound sand. Um, do that on the border, right? Stand up and defend your people, your friends, your constituents, your schools, um, and, and make sure that your Congress is going to react to you. But we can do this. We've just got to stay committed. Yeah. People got to call. People got to call support, their members of Congress. Support fair. Oh, well, we love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Congressman. It's been a real pleasure. pleasure. Thank you for yeah. everything. No, thank you.